Welcome to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. In this program, we take a fresh look at some of today's challenges from the economy, education, politics, security, defense, and much more. You'll be prompted to see and think about things just a bit differently. Now, here are your hosts, Ambassador Harry Thomas and Chief Alex Morales. Welcome to The Spotlight. We are your hosts, Ambassador Retired Harry Thomas. And I'm the Chief Alex Morales. Uh, happy to be here today, Harry. Who do we have today? Well, we are so lucky to have Ruben and Janet Napolis uh, with us today who are going to tell us about their lives in the Philippines and career in Hollywood. And today is the day the Golden Globes were announced, nominations were announced, Alex. So, my chief, we have a lucky day uh, ahead of us as we learn a lot about Janet and Ruben's lives as well as the Golden Globes. Awesome. Uh, Ruben, Janet, thank you for coming and thank you for taking the time, please. Thank you very much for inviting us, Harry and Alex. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure, the ambassador and the chief. Thank you for having <laughs> us. <laughs> so please uh, tell us about yourself. Okay, I, I can start. Well, I am a product of public high schools in Quezon City, where I was born. Um, Murato Elementary School and Quezon City High School, and also Catholic University, University of Santo Tomas, which is the oldest university in the country and is even older than Harvard. And I've always loved journalism. So ever since I was a young girl, I've always wanted to write and I uh, took up journalism and here I am still writing. <laughs> As for myself, I grew up in a small barrio in the Philippines. It's called Gabon, in the town of Kalashao, in the province of Pangasinan. So to be here in Hollywood right now is really an amazing journey for me to, to, to get to where I am. I, I, when I was a child, I never imagined this. So like Janet, I'm also a, pro, a product of public schools until I went to college at the University of Santa Tomas. So, um, and to be here right now talking to you guys, it's really an honor and a pleasure. So. Uh, thank you for having us again. Well, since my mother-in-law, who's a physician, went to UST, how did you guys leave UST without being physicians? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, uh, writing is our first love, <laughs> not science. <laughs> I'm scared of science. <laughs> yeah, but, UST does have a very good medicine school. So yeah. we, we've always wanted to be writers, though. So and. Also, we don't really like uh, science very much, so that's how we end up as writers. <laughs> well, our, our kids, Miggy and Zoe, are both graduates of UST. Ah, that's yes. good. I, right. I loved attending the commencement there, and since I teach at Yale, I'm glad to hear you dis Harvard. Uh, but where did you guys meet? Oh, we met actually in college, but I had a different boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Went but, good uh, enough, I, was in I the guess. College of Journalism, and he was in the Communication Arts. And uh, I was uh, also editor of the Flame magazine, which is the college uh, magazine, and also in the Varsitarian, the newspaper of the university. And Ruben was also uh, contributing to those. Uh, newspapers so we met there first but he was ahead of me several years yes i'd be i'd be, I'd be very gallant 
and in, 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 be very gallant and say, I was years ahead of Janet in Gala. It's just to be very gallant about it. <laughs> to be safe. But, but uh, we met, we were both working for a the college magazine called The Flame. And each year the magazine has to have a staff uh, picture. So I happened to be, I was standing beside Janet and I put my, ha- my arm over her. <laughs> and of course, that didn't uh, get, get, get a very good reaction because, she, as she said, as she herself said, that when I was in college, I was so thin, I was like a geek, I was a nerd. So I, she was not interested in me at all. But then after college, that's when we started uh, dating. Yeah, so it was only after college. I broke up already with my <laughs> boyfriend and we met again. After college, like I was in the newspaper in Times Journal and Ruben was working for Warner Electro Atlantic as public relations. Um, I was doing, pre- I was press relations manager, yeah. uh, Harry and uh, Mar- and Alex. So in other words, I was having relations with the press. Yeah, he was having relations <laughs> with me. <laughs> <laughs> so please uh, tell us about your childhood in the Philippines and about your family. Oh, I'm the eldest of uh, six kids, and I'm the only one who took up journalism. My other brother is a lawyer. The other is an architect. They're all in the Philippines, except for one sister who's in also uh, working here in um, Arizona. But uh, the other one is uh, in hotel business, and the other one is in travel. So uh, we're a family of six, and my dad is a graduate of the University of the Philippines, and my mom is a teacher. Uh, came from a family of teachers. So I have one daughter here uh, who became a teacher, also special ed, but now he, she became uh, working, working now for diversity for Lionsgate. So. Uh, I'm sure Ambassador has been to the Pangasinan, where I'm from, to Klash, no, maybe even to Klashau, where I am uh, exactly uh, was born. Um, we, we were not exactly rich. We were not poor. Just because, uh, like Janet, my, my mother was my a teacher too in public schools. And in fact, she was my fifth grade teacher. And my father was um, like an equivalent of the IRS. She was a uh, tax examiner for the IRS, for the BIR we call it in the Philippines. And as I said, I grew up there in the barrio, and in, then I went to Manila only when I went to college. I had a very good childhood in Kalashau, a very, very provincial, very rural. So to, as I said earlier, to be here where I'm, I'm really grateful. Well, I think the, all four of us could say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Yes. Hey, I recognize the barrio too, by the way. <laughs> we use that word yes, too. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Ruben and Janet, why did you move to the U.S.? I, I moved for love. <laughs> Ruben had a reason to move because he was petitioned by his mother, and I followed him. After a month, I followed Ruben. And there's a nice story to that, which you will appreciate as a former ambassador to the uh, to the Philippines, Harry, uh, because we had a big... First of all, I was petitioned by my mom as an immigrant. So we had to stay single, as you know, the rules. Mm-hmm. So we, although we wanted very much to get married already, we had, I had to stay single. So, I, so finally I had to go. There was a big, dramatic, tearful send-off at the airport because we really didn't know if she was able, if she was able to follow me right away. So, uh, but then, as Janet said, uh, Harry and Alex, after a month, Janet was able to follow me after a month. So all our friends were teasing and they said, oh, that 
crying at the airport, and then after a month, you got reunited. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, guess what? When Janet arrived at the at the customs and immigration, she had three visas. I had a journalist, uh, a journalist visa, a working visa, a tourist visa, indefinite. So they said <laughs> you probably know somebody up there up, <laughs> at the top there. <laughs> and you know how difficult it was to get visas in the Philippines. <laughs> so I was lucky. I, I am. I'm impressed. I, you might be the first person I know who had three visas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why at the LAX. So she was really told that you must know somebody, somebody the up there. there. <laughs> well, I'm glad you moved for love because normally it's no money, no honey, right? So <laughs> Yeah. So it was uh, very hard for us also starting in the U.S. with nothing at all. It's like we were already established in Manila and down from you arrive to the States, you don't know anybody, nobody wants to give you experience. So you start from zero, you know, and it's hard because we also experience discrimination. They don't know UST, they only know UCLA. So you really had to work hard and prove yourself. And you really have to have good faith, really strong faith in God that he will really take care of you. So that's all we had. We had love and faith. Yeah, uh, Harry and Alex, we had established careers in the Philippines. So for us to come here, it's like starting all over again, really, just starting from scratch. And you, you, can't, you won't be able to find jobs because they keep asking for your local experience. How can you have local experience if they don't give you a yeah. chance? So for me, for example, after another rejection at an interview, there were like, like, a, movie, like a scene from a movie where you know, I, I, I was really actually crying. It's like I questioned myself, why did we come here? And in fact, in, in one funny uh, incident, because we were the ones left in the house, we had to cook. Two people who did not cook were suddenly had to suddenly have to cook. And one day, Harry and Alex, we were quarreling on how to fry tilapia. A tilapia. <laughs> as, if, as, as if there are other ways to fry a, til- a fish, tilapia. But then suddenly we realized how absurd the situation was. So we just burst laughing because we suddenly yeah. realized here we are suddenly fighting about how to fry a tilapia. Yeah. <laughs> because we always had somebody to cook for us. So I really learned how to cook here in the U.S., you know, especially now during the pandemic. I've been learning a lot. Making paella, <laughs> pancit, bihon, <laughs> everything. <laughs> and Ruben, Ruben said, everything you make is sarap. Everything. Oh, yeah, masarap. Masarap, yes. That's why he, yeah. he, he is, uh, you know. I hope, you know so, I hope, I hope someday <laughs> you I hope someday you and Alex get to taste her adobo, paella, and all those delicious uh, pancit. Yeah. Ruben, you are not tabak. You're not. Oh, <laughs> it's gaining points, <laughs> not pounds. <laughs> well, uh, uh, blame Janet. Give Janet credit for that. <laughs> it, it is incredible that you know, and in humbling, you know, to hear you talking about how you left everything and start from scratch and all this. You still find like all the people call the American dream, and you know, make make it. You know, with hard work, and uh, that is amazing. It is so yeah. interesting. You decided to move to Hollywood too, right? I'm assuming, right? That, that's kind of like <laughs> yeah, not well, cheap either. Well, we've been writing Hollywood even in the Philippines, you know, and our friends who always connected us to interviews knew that we moved to Hollywood. So if there was a junket, they would recommend us and we would attend the junket. And from there, the people in Hollywood learned about us. 
So we became involved. And Ruben, you tell your story how you got involved. But I have to clarify that we didn't end, end up writing right away about Hollywood because we, we had to have real jobs first, to, you know, to establish ourselves. <laughs> so we did those odd, odd, odd jobs and all that. I had a midnight work. I have work doing midnight shift. So uh, we, we, we started our jobs first, and then we had two girls. And then when the two girls started going to school, that's when we actually actively started resuming writing, writing again and being involved in, in Hollywood. Great. Can you tell us about the Hollywood Foreign Press Association and your work out there? Yes. Um, you got involved first. Yes. Um, I, I am currently the... Executive Secretary and Jen is a treasurer. So in, in essence, we're in the board of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which, which is called HAPA in short. And HAPA is the one that presents the Golden Globe Awards. We're the ones who vote behind it. But more than anything, it's a nonprofit organization. And we're very proud of the fact that we give a lot in philanthropy. So for example, since 1989, we've given away 44 million in grants, scholarships, and all that. So more than the glitter, more than the glamour and all that, we're very proud of the fact that uh, HFPA donates to entertainment-related charities, scholarships, film preservation, and all those worthy causes. Yeah. Actually, Ruben was the first one to get into the Hollywood Foreign Press. And when he he got in, I was the next one. And it's really hard. uh, And uh, we were very proud to represent the Philippines also in the dealings with in the Hollywood Foreign Press because we were also able, as board members, recommend that the HFPA donate to the Philippines when they had the Haiyan, uh, the typhoon, uh, you know, disasters in the Philippines. So twice the Hollywood Foreign Press donated money to those typhoon victims. Oh, wow. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll reply back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? Definitely not. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Edward Cheney. Ed will explain full-spectrum CBD, where the whole hemp plant can be used for treatment, and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You're 
You are listening to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. If you have a question or a comment about the program, drop us a line via email to support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Again, that's support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Now back to The Spotlight. We're back with Ruben Nepalis and Janet Nepalis. Go ahead, Harry. We think you guys have been a little too humble in telling us about how you joined the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So, Janet, we're so impressed with what you've done. But please tell us your duties and tell us really what, how did you really get into it? How did you both get into it? Yeah, as I said, uh, Ruben got in first and then you... You have to be a member of the MPAA and then you apply and then two other members have to support you or sponsor you. And then you have to be, of course, uh, writing for several years. And um, it's hard because we're husband and wife, but uh, we were, I was able to get in because uh, I've been writing well and uh, they know that I've been a writer for a long time. And uh, we were lucky because through the years, we gained the trust of the members and I was uh, elected as executive secretary for two years, and then now I'm treasurer. So, uh, and as uh, officers, we're also board members. So we decide on like who will be the uh, Cecil B. DeMille awardee, which is this year it's Jane Fonda, who will be the Carol Burnett awardee, which is Norman Lear this year. And we also decide on the uh, organizations that will we will give money like for our right. philanthropy grants for philanthropy so there are a lot of schools involved a lot of film restorations and film festivals uh, we we give a lot of money as our philanthropy and we've been voted by variety magazine twice in a row as philanthropist of the year already for the hpa so it's a very uh, special job to be included in this group because we're also a group of journalists like 80-something journalists from different countries. So it's like being in the United Nations, Terry. <laughs> and we represent the Philippines, <laughs> which is an honor for both of us. Doing it very well. <laughs> <laughs> what is like working for the Golden Glove? Oh, okay. I, um, Janet and I have had the pleasure to work in the Golden Globes, especially in the past. Uh, for example, I can tell you that the most exciting work that I've done for the Globes is uh, helping with the seating, the stars. And you think that's an um, easy task? No, because uh, you really have to t know the ins and outs, who's, who's who, who's, uh, uh, who's uh, not very good friends with who, because you really have to take care of that. And so it's, it's very exciting uh, because, you know, they, they have what, what we have, what we call the pit. In normal times, we, we, this, we are at the Beverly Hilton Ballroom and we can only accommodate so much. Imagine the pressure, the, all the demands for tickets and on, on the floor, which is the, the closest to the stage, is what we call the pit. And this is where the nominees, the big stars are located. So everybody wants to be seated in the pit, in other words. And then, and then it goes up and up. So for me, that's very exciting because you really get to be involved with, uh, you get to know the dynamics among the stars, <laughs> among the big studio heads. Who are the, who, and you get to know, you know, who's uh, in good terms with and all that. But it's pretty exciting because, uh, as I've said, you get to learn more about the dynamics among these people. 
So I can say that's the most exciting job I've had among other jobs I've had at the Golden Globes. Yeah. I also work on the seating and you have to know who broke off with who, who's going along with who. Some co-stars are not actually in good terms, so they have to be separated. And one of the singers needed like the uh, uh, sing, the aura, yeah, aura yeah. consultant. And the red wow. carpet. On the red carpet, I also do the interviews on the red carpet. So it's in, very interesting to see or to hear when the stars arrive and say, who are you wearing? Instead of me asking, who are you wearing? They ask me, who am I wearing? And most of the time I'm wearing Filipino designers gown. So they're really impressed with uh, when I promote the Filipino designers. And on the day itself, it's uh, also very exciting because we're done with the organizing and all that. So now we work in the Golden Globes red carpet. So actually that's where we have real jobs too. And I've, I've had the pleasure of working, checking for the IDs of the celebrity guests. So you actually get to ask, demand the, the ID of Mr. Rupert Murdoch, for example. And the nice thing is they're happy to comply. You know, they actually fish out their wallets and bring out their IDs to you. So it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing job because you get to ask the IDs of all these BFPs and they do graciously comply. So a lot of credit to them. And also there was one time when it was raining and you had to bring an umbrella for <laughs> Sir Paul McCartney. Yeah. And you were soaking wet. Yeah. <laughs> you were not ready for that rain. Yeah. I was soaking wet on the red carpet. It wasn't at the most glamorous. It was not the most uh, glamorous site. Mm -hmm. so, so in other words, you know all the gossips. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we know Harry, all the gossips. We know all and, the gossip. Yeah, Chiefman. There I'll you go. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and we've Harry been over the years to zip our, our our lips because you know that's why <laughs> you know we've been in this business for so long. I guess the being discreet about all this stuff. <laughs> it's interesting. Also, we have like seven parties after the Globes. So you cannot drink that much because you have to cover the seven parties as well. So your job is not done yet. Oh, <laughs> so wow. Clear-headed because you have to write your article and send it to your newspaper. Yeah, and because uh, as you know, Manila is uh, many hours ahead. Yeah. So by that time, they're already waiting for your waiting front page story. <laughs> so the, you really can't really party because yeah, even though you go to all these parties, you really can't because you have to, you know that you have to write your uh, story right after. Yeah. Oh, that's messed up. I'll be I'll be writing it very very horrible with my rum. <laughs> so, like, that means Harry and I cannot be at the pick. Harry, we cannot be at the pick. Harry and I, you know. <laughs> well, um, today is exciting. Uh, Golden Globe. Yes. Who, who was not? What movies were nominated? What actors were nominated? Who were the favorites? Yeah. Okay. Um, You'll be, I guess you'll be, you're amazed that we're actually still able to talk coherently because we woke <laughs> up at five in the morning. So we were actually very, kind of, very pleased about the nominations that came out today. Of like, for example, the best picture for drama are The Father with Anthony Hopkins, Mac, which is the, the story of early Hollywood, Nomad Land, which was really fantastic. And I have to tell you, it's directed by Chloe Zhao who made history, Harry and Alex, as the first Asian woman to earn a Best Director on nominations from the Golden Globes. And she oh, wow. also earned the Best, best Screenplay script. Award. And yeah. I still have to verify, but I think she's also the first Asian woman to be nominated for Best Screenplay. 
And then uh, another one is a promising young woman. Also directed by a woman. Also directed by a woman. Okay. By the way, uh, we're very proud that this year we made history too. For the first time ever, we have three female, female. directors. That's a first. Uh, nominated, nominated for best director. best director. And the last is the trial of the Chicago Seven, which I'm, both of you, I'm sure, are familiar with. It's uh, Aaron, Aaron Sorkin's Sorkin. uh, adaptation of the historic trial of the Chicago Seven. And basically, that's the best picture drama. Yeah, and nominated. we're also proud to say that her, H-E-R, who's a Philippine-American, got nominated for her song, Fight For You, for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. And, uh, She's a nice, that nice, great combination, uh, Harry, African, American, uh, Filipina. Filipina. <laughs> so yeah. she's, she's known for the karaoke in the house. She got the training. <laughs> well, I, I think I, um, last year, Mitty and Zoe saw her in New Orleans. Ah. Yeah, probably, yeah. Essence Festival. And she said that her Lola taught her how to sing. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. So uh, can you imagine, Harry, she, as, a, as a kid, she told us she grew up listening to Sharon Conetta and Ray Valera. But then her father, who's from the South, also taught her about all the R&D classics, all the soul classics. Because so he's a band she, member. Her background is very impressive. Mm -hmm. Well, we love Sharon, too. So that's great. Yes, we do. <laughs> and uh, Soul, Soul is in the animation, and it's also animated by Filipino animators. So we're proud of Seoul. And another animation, Over the Moon, has Kathy Ang, who's also a Filipino-American Chinese yes. actress. Yeah, I know John Batiste did the music for Seoul. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And Ratched, starring uh, John John Briones, also got Best uh, TV Series Drama. Yeah. So we're proud of those. Well, I, I, I asked my uh, sister-in-law, Mayumi, to have... Uh, our niece, Brielle, watched uh, Soul because I thought the kids would like it. And yes, 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 yes. Lovely. And um, Harry, the chief set designer, decorator for that movie is uh, Paula Badilia, who's yeah. a Filipino. And yeah. you know how we, they call the Filipinos who work at Pixar is they're Pix called Pix, no, Pix Noise. <laughs> <laughs> Filipinos working at Pixar. Wow. <laughs> Ruben. You, your only in Hollywood column was groundbreaking. Whose idea was that? Okay, I'm very grateful for this because uh, um, Ambassador Harry, I'm sure, knows a uh, new Letty J. Magsanok, who was one of the brave journalists in the Philippines, and she was one of the people who stood up during the People of Power Revolution, and she was a publisher then, and she was actually the one who thought of the column along with my editors uh, Emmy Villarde and Louis Camino so I'm very grateful to them because you know I was just freelancing actually basically contributing to all the newspapers but then the the one the newspaper it's called Philippine Daily Inquirer under Letty J. Magsanok they were the ones who actually said can we hire you and write your column for the Philippine Daily Inquirer so uh, I, I wrote for that for many years until I have I had recently had to move to Raptor, the, the leading news website in the Philippines. Now, Alex knows uh, Rappler because uh, Maria, tell us. Maria Reza. Yes. Maria Reza, yeah. Who's nominated for a Nobel Who, Peace Prize. Yeah, was just nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. So and we're very proud of her. I'm very proud to have a boss like Maria, <laughs> Maria Reza, who was also time uh, selected time as Woman time of the Year. Of the year. Yes. Yeah. 
I I have. Go ahead. She has a documentary that Ramona Diaz directed. Uh, you know, Thousand Cuts, which is also doing well. Yeah, Maria. We had Maria as a guest one of the conferences that we put together, and she was amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about journalism and uh, um, and the media and everything, and she was one of the uh, keynotes, and she was incredible. Yeah. And we brought her to Yale last, uh, la almost a year ago, last March, oh, wow. to be a keynote speaker. Oh, wow. um, she, uh, we had dinner with her and Sheila Marcello. That's when we learned that she uh, had lived on the same floor with Michelle Obama, but didn't oh. want to be the uh, first lady. So always wow. have good relations with people on the floor. You never know what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. You just don't know. <laughs> Go ahead, Harry. I am a proud uh, owner of your new book. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very flattered, very honored that oh, Harry I, uh, ordered a copy. I like <laughs> your work, and we're very happy to have it prominently displayed. So please tell us about your latest venture and why you decide to write it. Well, thank you for asking about the book. It's called Through a Writer's Lens because when I'm interviewing, usually I also take pictures of the stars that I'm interviewing from Meryl Streep to Harrison Ford to Denzel Washington and Regina King and all that. So um, I've been taking pictures of these people that I've been interviewing for over 20 years. And Bessie Badilia, who was a former fashion model and a, an actress, suddenly said, why don't I publish your book? And I have great credit to her for thinking of uh, that I have them enough material to come up with a book. So, so I finally was, we were able to get uh, finish the book. It's a 12 by 14 limited edition coffee table book. It's a hardbound edition. And I'm happy to say thanks to people like Harry. We're almost done. We're almost sold out the, cop the limited hardbound edition copy. So I'm very uh, ha happy and grateful. Please save me one because I wanted it too. Yeah, yeah, I'll sure. Make sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'll make sure. And by the way, thank you. I'll People who want to order uh, can go to www.facebook.com slash through a writer's lens. So again, that's facebook.com slash through a writer's lens. And we're almost out of, uh, I'm very happy to report that we're almost sold out. So yeah, I definitely will uh, save a copy for you, Alex. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, through our writer's lens. Yes, yes. on Facebook. On Facebook.com. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. If you have a question or a comment about the program, drop us a line via email to support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Again, that's support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Now back to The Spotlight. We're back with The Spotlight with Ruben and Janet. Ruben or Janet, who were the most interesting start that you have met? Oh, for me, the first one was George Clooney, of course. <laughs> He's always, uh, he gives all his attention to you when he talks to you. And uh, even if you haven't seen him for a while, he always remembers you. And I like that no matter who is around him, he gives full attention to you. And of course, I love Oprah Winfrey because, you know, I've always been a fan of Oprah. And when you see her, she's the same person that you see on television. She's very warm and, you know, gracious. And she always uh, enjoys complimenting you, especially when she compliments you on a question because she's very good at interviewing people. And I really love that. And uh, I love Robin Williams, the late Robin Williams, because every time we interview him, he's, it's like a one-man show. So he gives like a performance for like 45 minutes with us. So it's very humbling and entertaining to see him, you know, talking about his life and, and uh, his former Filipina wife, <laughs> who he calls Filipinish. <laughs> so those are my favorites. Ruben. And as for me, um, I, I really like this talent, Meryl Streep, Angelina Jolie, Regina King, Denzel Washington, because the qualities they have is that these are big stars or big talents, but when they talk to you, they really like zero focus on you. Unlike other stars who are talking to you, but you can see that their mind or attention yeah. is actually somewhere else. But people like Meryl, people like Regina King, they're really focused on you. They're really like conversing with you. So I really like that in them. And uh, Meryl Streep, of course, is the world's greatest living actress. And you'll be surprised at how down to earth she really is. What, you know, she answers all the questions just like Angelina Jolie too. And Regina King is always a fun interview because she's it's like you, you're just talking to a friend because she makes you very uh, comfortable too. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Well, how does your business operate? I'm sure in addition to working for Rapper, you, you guys, you're a, you're a couple with a business. So how do you operate your business? We, we work as a team, Ruben and I. Well, I, I work for GMA7. I have a column there, which is daily, and I also uh, contribute 
TV shows to um, TV interviews to them. And uh, there's always like teamwork between Ruben and me. So it's a give and take also relationship. <laughs> and we sometimes also compete for the same awards, but I hope I always win because he's going to be outside the bedroom if he <laughs> if he wins. Well, Harry and Alex, that's what I pray for that when we're in competing in the same category that at least maybe she gets a second prize. <laughs> because otherwise, as we say in the Philippines, and you may be aware of the phrase, otherwise I will be outside the Colombo. <laughs> outside the mosquito net. Outside the mosquito net. <laughs> well, there's no divorce in the Philippines, right? <laughs> <laughs> we actually got on the front page cover of Downtown News because job, down, downtown newspaper. That's downtown newspaper because the editor sat on our table and he realized a couple fighting for the same awards and we've been living together for a long time and we're writing and competing for the same awards. So he found it really interesting. So he interviewed us and put us on the cover of the newspaper. And I had my boxing gloves, you know, my Manny Pacquiao boxing gloves. And I was, <laughs> I was teasing him, Ruben, that I was going to yeah. box him. And that was the front the page, page photo uh, that they oh, used. Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel to be in the other side now? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. You know, you used to interview people, but now you're being kind of like interviewed. Yeah, that's yeah. really the, well, weird. Uh, it, it's actually like a, uh, a voyage of discovery, you know, because you actually, when you talk about yourself, because which is really, will really happen, you, you, we're usually the ones asking the question. It's actually nice to actually, you know, talk about our journey, especially because it's been a satisfying journey, and to actually recall the things we did. It, it, it's fulfilling too, because. Uh, you get to uh, bring up memories, you know, how like, you guys ask us about our childhood. That, that's that's yeah. always special. Yeah, you sometimes forget, but, you know, talking to our friends, you know, like you guys, it's it's very special. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, I, I always enjoy it because I think uh, uh, I always said that by conversing, uh, bring people together, you know, not just, yeah. you know, just talking. So that's that's awesome. Is, is journalism is a field that young people can enter? What are your thoughts? Yeah, yes, of course. And I encourage all the female students from public schools to take up journalism. No, some people will say it's a dying career, but no, we always need writers on the field to report and to say the truth. And I encourage and would like to inspire other, uh, you know, young women who want to join the field because... In the beginning, my father tried to stop me for becoming a journalist because he said, there's no money. There are a lot of dirty old men in the industry. <laughs> but I said, dad, you have to trust your daughter <laughs> because every field, there's a dirty old man. <laughs> you know, so Indeed. you have to encourage the young people and to, to be able to tell our stories is also inspiring for them. And I, I really like telling our stories because one probably one Filipina young student would be inspired and take up journalism and, you know, continue writing because I don't want that to die. <laughs> you know, Janet is actually being humble, but she has a scholarship every year in her high school to, uh, to give a scholarship to uh, somebody who's interested in a journalism career. So that's uh, something that Janet does. And of course, as you realize, uh, 
journalism is a winning career, unfortunately. So, uh, but still, somehow we inspire the children, especially of our, of our children, of our friends, who say, "No, our our son or our daughter wants to be a journalist because of you guys." So, in a way, that's uh, ennobling. But uh, as you know, uh, journalism, unfortunately, the print industry, the media industry, is uh, having a hard time. So. Still, it's it's good to be a source of inspiration. Uh, <clears throat> on a more serious note, how has COVID affected Hollywood in your jobs? Yeah, first of all, we don't travel anymore. You know, usually travel to all the festivals and the interviews also uh, out of this country. But now everything is done by Zoom, so <laughs> we're already uh, doing a lot of interviews and even TV interviews by Zoom. So that's one. And a lot of uh, safety protocols are being implemented with the production in the movies. And they felt that it was getting more expensive because you have to do a lot of stuff. But it's worth it. Everybody gets checked. Everybody has uh, practicing all the safety protocols uh, during this pandemic. So. On a personal note, Harry and Alex, I'm so used to Zoom now that you may see me in a nice shirt on the top, but I'm actually just wearing my sweats or shirts. I didn't know. I haven't worn my leather shoes in a long time. I haven't worn le- a formal formal wear in a long time. So maybe that's the thing that I have to get used to. But on a more serious note, the productions are getting back now. And hopefully, and but they have very strict COVID guidelines, though. And we are aware of that. And uh, like with the coming Golden Globes, we really have to be very careful. And we have to make a decision to if we really are going to have a big event or not. And no red carpets and no parties. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I think you cover a a little bit. What have you done to to adapt to to, Yeah, we have learned to stay home and uh, be with each other (laughs) (laughs) and discover more about each other. I've learned to cook more, you know, and uh, we've learned how to, do all our interviews by Zoom, but, you know, it's really different to have a person-to-person interview, you know, and people are realizing that they miss also their families, that they've been working all their lives. So, you know, most of the actors say this, that I miss my family. I didn't realize that. Or they discover a new hobby or skill that they have developed. So, those are important things that we sometimes take for granted, being with family, talking to your kids or, you know, loved ones, yes. <laughs> because you're always working or you're always traveling. So It really took some uh, adjustment because, as Janet said, we were always traveling. We know we were always out of town almost every week. In fact, as early as uh, late March last year, we were still traveling. So even though with the COVID already starting, but then we realized how serious it was. So we start, we stopped traveling all, all, all together. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's the little things that you, you adjust. And finally, you get to settle in the house. And finally, you find time to appreciate all these things that you don't have time for. Like Janet is able to cook. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's really a time. And for example, I finally had time to write the book. Otherwise, I wouldn't have the time to come up with a comfortable book. That's why it's called The Pandemic Baby. That's why it's called, (laughs) I call it The Pandemic Baby, because I finally had time to research with the help of Janet, to look for pictures and to look for quotes that go with each particular photo that I I used. 
that really took several months. So I'm really glad for that, though. In a way, the pandemic was a blessing only in that sense. But otherwise, we hope we hope to be out of this uh, coronavirus uh, mm-hmm. health crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that uh, one of your two daughters is working for Lionsgate in diversity, equity, and inclusion. What's that about? Uh, she's now the manager of diversity inclusion because most of the most of the studios now want to be diverse, and not only in the staff but everything that they do to involve uh, everybody, LB, LGBTQ, you know, everybody, Asians and Blacks and everybody. Not only in the staff, but in their work environment. And so Nikki, who is only 30 years old, <laughs> you know, has a very important job. And uh, she was uh, the, uh, working for diversity uh, as a director of diversity, also for Teach for America. She was the teacher who rose through the ranks. And uh, now she, she's in the entertainment industry, too. <laughs> so we're very proud of her. Well, um are there any, you know, when we think about, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times when we think about minorities in America, especially in the East Coast, Asians are excluded. Are- yeah, that's, that's why um, Harry and Alex, uh, most uh, major corporations now have these positions that these uh, people who are on the staff of diversity make sure that they hire uh, more diverse people. And for example, in, in, in the studios that their projects, even their movies, they make, they make sure that they are all inclusive and that they hire more people of color, for example. And it, it's a good development. It's a really a welcome development because they, they're making sure that they reach out to more people, especially in, in, in hiring, not only for their staff, for their employees, but also in their projects. It's, it's, it's really ironic that uh, most TV shows that are doing hospital TV shows don't have Filipina nurses in their TV shows. When, in fact, in reality, you go to any hospital, all, there's always a Filipina nurse. So it's important that we have TV writers or movie writers who include, you know, Asians into their scripts or their casting directors include Asians and uh, Filipinas and whoever, you know, diverse and make it more realistic. Well, we know that uh, we all enjoy crazy rich Asians, but, you know, the Asian community is much more in depth than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know Bling's on TV. Uh, Last year, there was a show that was even based in the Philippines, a detective show. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. But we would like to see... uh, much more about the depth and the breadth of Southeast Asia as well. Mm-hmm. We yes. see much of North Asia, but not so much of Southeast Asia. How can we change? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And we hope also uh, we see one issue is that we need more people at the top, you know, executive producers, studio heads, writers, because they're the ones who give voice. They're the ones who think of, you know, stories that feature all the Southeast Asians, for example. Yeah, we have actually uh, Fritz Friedman, uh, who is working with Sunny, but he's retired now, and also uh, Dean Devlin, who is also a producer. But we need more people, like on the top, in the top, to also for for decision making and for inclusion. Well, you know, Alex and I have interviewed a very diverse uh, group of people since we started this show, and all successful and. 
whether they're black, Asian, women, uh, gay, they all say that we all hear the same thing. We need more people at the top. Yes. 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 yes correct. And I, I, I think my daughter is on the right track. <laughs> so uh, as we like to say, Harry and Alex, who will write about, for example, Filipinos except us? Who will write about African-Americans, for example, except African-Americans? They're the ones who live the experience or they're the ones who know the experience. So uh, that's exactly the, our point, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I think you're making a point, and I, I think sometimes I, I I had a I had a a guest. He was a retired general of Spanish, and I always told him that I asked the question. Actually, I said, "Now that I'm old, I find that out all this Hispanic in the military they have done anything. Why we don't know this when we were young?" And I and he actually point out it's our fault because we don't say it enough (laughs) Ah, it's our it's our fault because we don't we don't tell the story so yeah uh, sometimes we are humble and don't tell the story long enough so other people can enjoy that but Mm -hmm. yeah i i think uh that the the beauty of this is we always have opportunity to 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 excel. And uh, as you say, your daughter's in, in, in the path to it and, you know, like you doing, paying it forward. So I appreciate all that. Yeah. I have another daughter uh, and she's also an animator, director, actress, and she's been developing films and animated, animated films. And uh, she's telling about stories about LGBTQ and Filipino stories that she has read. And so uh, I, I really appreciate the younger generation for taking the time and initiative to develop their culture also and promote it in this way. So I'm really proud of that too. Well, we're glad you got both daughters in. We would. <laughs> <laughs> I bought them working. <laughs> Leave it to Janet. Leave it to the, to the mom and Janet because I was actually thinking of that too. We should have to somehow bring up Ella, yeah. our younger daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and she might so, listen to this. Where's me? <laughs> so that's Janet for Rafa you, Harry and Alex. <laughs> and I'm close us out, Janet. Into some festivals too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we're all proud of our children as, as you yes. are. So we just want to thank you for being our guests and so being so candid and the role models that you are, not only for Filipinos, but for the immigrant community of Americans as well as the global community. So, salamat, salamat, salamat. <laughs> salamat din sa'yo, Harry and yeah, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> thank you Alex, very much. Thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Uh, we hope to meet you, Alex, in person. Absolutely. This was the spotlight with the ambassador and the chief. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the spotlight with the ambassador and the chief. Be sure to join Chief Alex Morales and Ambassador Harry Thomas again on the Voice America Variety Channel. <laughs>